Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us. My name is Pastor Hayden. This is my wife, Kayla. Hey guys. And next week, we will be celebrating our one year marriage anniversary. Isn't that cool? One year. We've almost made it, babe. One whole year. <laughs> and to celebrate that, we are going to do a two-part series titled Love That Lasts, where we're going to go over some of the uh, ways that you can have a successful marriage, as well as you can uh, be working on, even now before you're married, to ensure that you do have a love that lasts. Mm -hmm. What are we going to talk about first in this first session? Well, first, let's talk about what is marriage? What's mm. what's the purpose of marriage and, and what is love? Mm. Um, so what would you say if someone were to ask you the question, what is marriage? Sure. You know, marriage is a union between a man and a woman. Uh, God uh, instituted marriage in, in Genesis and he uh, actually took man and made woman and he brought them together that's one of the the beautiful things i love about that part of genesis is the man didn't find the woman the woman didn't seek out the man but it says that god brought adam to eve so whenever we look at marriage we have to understand it is an institution that god has made uh, it's also an institution that cannot be changed it cannot be altered but we have to go to scripture and what the Bible teaches us about marriage in order to really, really understand what marriage is. What would you add to that? I would say, yeah, marriage is definitely a covenant um, between us and God. Um, we are one flesh now. Mm. Um, I'd also add it's really two sinners, you know, coming mm. together, um, trying to be more holy and be sanctified mm. um, and grow closer to Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, marriage is a great gift from God. It, mm. it truly is. Right. Um, and nowadays it kind of has a negative connotation to it, but marriage mm. really is a beautiful thing. For sure. And that actually brings us to uh, our first point. We talked about how it's ordained by God and how God brought the man and the woman together. But it's important, right, that both are Christians, right? You can't be totally. unequally yoked. Second Corinthians 6.14 says this, that you do not need to be unequally yoked with unbelievers. What uh, place does righteousness have with lawlessness? So it's very important that even now, if you aren't married, if you're seeking to be married, or if you desire to be married one day, to understand that you need to be seeking out someone who is equally yoked with you, or someone who is a Christian, who has repented and trusted in Christ. Uh, what are some ways that you would go about and ways that you actually did go about before we met or even when we met to make sure that you were pursuing someone who was godly and pursued someone who did know Christ as their Lord and Savior? That's a great question. I would say the first one is uh, to make sure that they are saved um, and then to see the fruit in that. Um, because a lot of times you can be fooled by, you know, people, they may look like Christians, they may act, you know, like a good person, but you want to make sure that they have Christ in them. Um, and me speaking as a woman looking for a husband, I want to find a man who will lead me and lead me closer towards Christ. Mm. Um, so yeah, first and foremost, looking for the true fruit of a Christian. Right, and you can find that in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Yep. Uh, those are very important qualities to look for uh, in, a, in a future spouse, in a potential spouse, to know that indeed the Spirit does live in them and uh, 
is showing fruit. That person's showing that uh, not only are they pursuing God, but the, the fruits of God's Spirit are coming out in their lives. And if you don't see those things in a potential spouse, it's best just to leave that there and, and run away and flee from that. Because what you never want to do is end up in a lifelong marital covenant with someone who doesn't represent the fruits of the Spirit, someone who isn't truly saved, and someone who you're going to have to push towards God every single day instead of pursuing God wholeheartedly together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so true. And we're actually going to get more in depth in that in our second part about how to choose a spouse. Mm. Um, but first, Hayden, I have a question. Um, what would you say is um, something you've learned this past year in marriage, what's the one lesson that God has taught you in our oh, marriage? Yeah, so definitely to have patience. You know, being uh, being a single person, uh, one of the one of the great aspects of being a single is you can get up and go as fast and whenever you want to. I remember often, you know, in my bachelor days, uh, something would come to my mind and I would just hop up, put on some clothes, brush my hair, and rush out the door as quickly as I could, and I could be somewhere in ten minutes. Uh, but, you know, we're married now, and not only do I have to make sure that I'm taking proper time allowing Kayla to prepare and get ready, but I also uh, have to ask her, hey, what do you think? Should we go do this, or would you like to go do this? You know, marriage is definitely uh, two imperfect people you know, pursuing God together and two imperfect people making decisions together, and so uh, not exercising patience uh, and, and making things about me and my desires it is a complete disaster in marriage. And so yeah. that's something I had to learn and learn pretty fast that uh, if I don't have patience in our marriage, that you know things aren't going to end up going too well. Uh, not only does that put an unnecessary pressure on you to have to perform in a way that you know that you're not called to, yeah. uh, but it also, uh, like I said earlier, makes me the center of our marriage, which we all know that the center of our marriage is reserved for God alone. Right. And so it's important that patience is one of those fruits of the Spirit that I practice, and that God has definitely used uh, patience to be produced more in this first year of marriage. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I love that. That. Actually reminds me of a verse in 2 Corinthians 13 um, mm. talking about what love is and love is patient and love is kind it does not boast it mm -hmm. does not envy and it's not proud mm. um, and for me um, I would say that I've learned a lot about pride and mm. how pride can destroy um, right. a marriage and a relationship because pride is really just making everything right. about you. Um, what would you add to that about pride? Yeah, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs that it's pride that comes before destruction. Uh, and we know we also know that the Bible says that God opposes the proud. And, and even to that end, to know that, that Jesus humbled himself uh, to death, even death on a cross. Uh, when we look at the Bible, it's all about humility. Uh, you look throughout the Old Testament all the way into the New Testament, no proud character ever, ever made it uh, into a positive light uh, in the sight of God. It was always the humble and the, the meek and the contrite-hearted people uh, who were elevated, who were exalted in the sight of God. And so it's important for us to realize that marriage is no different. Mm -hmm. Anytime that you are pursuing uh, a marital relationship with someone, it's important that you lay down your pride and you follow in humility. Uh, because also what pride does is it puts you first. It puts uh, it puts your ambitions first. It puts all, all the things that you want in life before the other. And what we know about marriage is it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Uh, just like in our relationship with Christ, it's Christ before us. It's Christ before all. 
uh, in a marriage, it works like this. There's God, and there's your spouse, and then it's your job, and it's your church above the job, and then your job, and then all the way down at the bottom, it's you. And so we have to understand in our life, if we are married, means that I'm at the very bottom of the list. So if I ever get uh, a chance to uh, put myself first, it has to be after I've done every single thing in my life that needs to be done, uh, which when does that actually happen? So it's just important to know that I'm last in a marriage and you have to look at your life like you're last. And when we do that, we live life and we live in our marriage in a biblical way. Yeah, that's so true. Um, Another big question, how does your relationship with God impact your marriage? Yeah, uh, loving God, obviously the greatest commandment is to love God. God. And then in, in the Gospels, Jesus says in the second is like it to love others. And so it's important for us to understand that you can never truly love someone else the way that God is calling you to if you first don't love God. And the, the way that you love God, the time that you spend with God in prayer, reading his word, is going to directly come out in the way that you love your spouse and the way that you love someone that you are pursuing into marriage. So I would say uh, wholeheartedly that your marriage in Christ, your marriage that you have uh, with your spouse, with you two pursuing Christ is only going to go as far as you are pursuing your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so easy to say, yeah, it's so easy to say, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray with my spouse. We're going to read God's word together. We're going to discuss our spiritual lives. But one of the, the biggest uh, temptations in marriage is to not do those few things together. It's to not pray. It's to not read God's word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's to not even have to, to say you have time to read God's word on your own or pray uh, on your own. And so those are important disciplines in, in your faith to pursue in order to love God well and uh, by nature, love your spouse well. And so it's important in order to have a healthy marriage and to have a marriage that is pursuing God for you to take the time to love God above all else. Mm -hmm. And then through that love, that outflowing of love for God, you can indeed love your wife well. Because by nature, right, when you love God and you're going to listen to things God says. And God says that we have to love our spouses. I just think of Ephesians 5 where it says that wife, you know, submit to your husband in all things. Well, you're not going to be able to do that if you don't love God a lot, right? Right. Uh, and then also it says husbands, you need to love your wife the way that Christ loves the church. Well, the only way that you're going to be able to love your wife even close to that is because the love of God is flowing out of your life. And so I think that's important. That's a great question uh, in marriage, in life. You're only going to love things. You're only going to pursue the right things in as much as you're pursuing God and loving God. Yeah, that's great. Um, And a lot of you watching this aren't married, but hopefully you're pursuing that. And that's how you can start. Hmm. Um, You don't have a husband or a wife yet, um, but hopefully you have Christ and you have God in your life. Um, So work on loving Him. You know, I love the passage in 1 John that talks about how God is love mm-hmm. um, and his love is perfected in us as we're loving others. Mm-hmm. Um, so right now that's something you can work on uh, before you're even married. What right. a what a great thing to do. That's right. Thanks so much guys for, for listening to this. If you love the content, subscribe for more content for you and your family. Mm-hmm.